final horn has sounded. And today's game is complete. Time now for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires, the team you trust. Also by First Colony Mortgage, your trusted lender for all your mortgage needs. Visit firstcolonymortgage.com. Here's your host, Jason Shepard. BYU's time in the West Coast Conference Tournament comes to an end tonight, falling to San Francisco by a final score of 75-63. to Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live. It's presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust. Elsewhere tonight in local college basketball, not a great night for most of the teams in the state of Utah. The University of Utah losing at home to Colorado, 84-71. Colorado getting the win on the hill. Southern Utah does get the win. Unfortunately, it came at Weber State. I say, unfortunately, if you're a Wildcat fan, T-Bird fans are loving it. Wildcats lose by 10. It's 80-70 to in favor of the T-Birds. Utah Valley losing at New Mexico State, 62-46. to And Dixie State losing at Grand Canyon tonight, 70-53 is the final score in favor of Grand Canyon. Top 25 games, everything is a final tonight. We'll start at the top, go all the way to the bottom. Lots of action tonight here in top 25 college hoops. Number 22, Murray State defeats Moorhead State 71-67. to Arizona defeating Cal 89-61. Third-ranked Baylor wins at home over Iowa State 75-68. to North Carolina Taking down fourth-ranked Duke, 94-81. Obviously, the uh, the big story around this game was the final regular season game for a long time. Coach Mike Shashevsky, North Carolina, you know they got to be loving that one, going in uh, to, uh, to Cameron Indoor and getting that big win going away. Fifth-ranked Auburn, defeating South Carolina, 82-71. Kansas over Texas by 7, 70-63 in favor of the Jayhawks. Number seven, Kentucky, winning at Florida, 71 263 eighth ranked Purdue defeats the Indiana Hoosiers by 2 69-67 Villanova winning at Butler 78-59 Oklahoma State upsets 12th ranked Texas Tech 52 to 51 Tennessee over Arkansas 78-74 Yukon defeats DePaul 75-68 LSU takes down 25th ranked Alabama in overtime 80 to 77, and then this game in the Pac-12 we were following all night long. 17th ranked UCLA defeats 16th ranked USC 75 to 68. Coming up on the other side, we'll hit some other teams here on campus and what they did today. Most everybody on the road will update you on softball as well as men's volleyball. BYU losing to San Francisco tonight at the Orleans Arena, 75-63. Dons get the win. Back for more Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's Jason Shepard with more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU falls to San Francisco, 75-63. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the lowest price on every tire every day. Big O Tires is the team you trust. During the break, actually, I timed it perfectly because on ESPN2, right after our game, obviously, uh, BYU was being discussed by ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi, and they were asking him, 
the ramifications of tonight's outcome. Uh, he said for San Francisco, obviously they're in. He says now the game against Gonzaga is essentially for seeding in the NCAA tournament. But as for BYU, he said, I'm going to have to sleep on this. I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said, I'm going to have to sleep on this, but I believe BYU will wake up tomorrow morning and be the first team out. So a little preview of what to expect if you're going to continue to follow the bracketology, and I'm assuming most still will. Uh, but he's saying that BYU will be the, uh, the first team out in all likelihood tomorrow. And he said, you know, that's a tough spot to be in because for BYU, you know, you're done. You can't do anything else about it. Plus, there may be bids that are taken away and spots that could have been open when you get closer to Selection Sunday, those may go away and eliminate opportunities for BYU to possibly jump back in. So he said, you know, BYU, uh, you know, with being in that situation, it's just tough. So, look, BYU's chances not looking good to go to the NCAA tournament. Are they? Is it a 0%? No. Things could still happen. You never know what could happen. But right now, obviously, the most likely scenario for BYU is, is an NIT. I think they've locked that up um, at the very least. So you know you're going to be able to continue to play basketball. You're just going to have to wait and see what happens moving forward. But again, Lenardi saying that uh, he expects uh, BYU on his updated bracketology by tomorrow morning to be the last, the excuse me, the first team out. All right, softball earlier today, winning in San Diego with the San Diego Classic, five nothing over Cal. The Cougars sweeping all four games in the San Diego Classic. Overall, the record 13-4. and Men's volleyball losing at USC in straight sets. 25-18 in set number one, 25-10 in set two, and 25-17 in set number three. That is a wrap for Cougar Post Game Live. After the break, we'll get you back to the Orleans Arena for the Cougar Locker Room Show. Greg and Mark will have post-game interviews, plus uh, be listening in to the podium where Coach Pope and players will be talking as well. Your final from Las Vegas. BYU falls to San Francisco by a final score of 75-63. This has been BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our exclusive post-game coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Accelerate down the lane, step back, elbow jumper, he got it! Oh, Seneca Knight! So That's a score shot! The Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Now let's head back to the Bill Bar courtside seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. USF 75, BYU 63, the final score here in Vegas. Todd Golden and USF players in the press conference room right now. Todd Golden has just finished his opening statement, which means we're going to get questions for the players, Shabazz and Bowie. Let's jump into the presser and see what we can get out of this. In the previous time that you've been at USF, if you've got open court and the game in hand, you're not going for a dunk. But tonight was different, correct? Uh, absolutely. I think it was kind of personal, you know, uh, we played at BYU. They kind of said some things, and the game didn't. It was a little chippy, and the game was just kind of physical and went kind of sideways in a little bit. But I think that was kind of personal, and uh, I just went for the dunk and played to the uh, end of the buzzer. Nobody got on you, right? No. I, I might have told him to go dunk it as well. <laughs> okay, in the interest of time, we are going to limit to one question in the first round. So next question from the room. Jamar, you played 40 minutes tonight. Uh, coming into the game, was that the expectation that you might have to go deep into the rotation, deep into time? Uh, I think um, most games I'm either in there for 38 to 40 minutes, and I'm just uh, a workhorse, and I think Coach Golden understands that, and I don't want to see this team lose, so I'm just going to stay on the court as long as possible and uh, 
he believes in me enough to be out there without getting tired. So it's just respect from him. Yeah. And, and to, to comment on that, you know, Jamari and I have now been together five years. It's an insane level of trust between both of us. And, and I tell, uh, in all seriousness, it might sound funny, but I let him tell me if he wants to come out of the game. He plays 40 most nights, you know, and I think he played 118 out of 120 minutes last week in our three game week where we won two huge games to put us in this position. And, uh, you know, it's between him and Khalil, you know, those guys don't come out of the game much and they've earned that right. Okay, next question. And, and we'll stay with the student athletes for now. And we'll come back to Coach Golden later with the questions. Uh, Khalil, they cut it to eight after that weird flagrant foul situation. And you hit a huge corner three after that. Uh, did you kind of feel that that moment, uh, the momentum turning there? Were you kind of looking for your shot or were you just kind of taking what the defense gave you on that one? Uh, no, nah, for the most part, I kind of just take what the defense gives me. Uh, Coach Golden puts a lot of trust in us to take the right shots, <clears throat> especially when it comes to me and JB. So I feel like if I'm open or Jamari's open, or mainly if anybody's open on our team, just shoot the ball and it wins. So, yeah. Okay, any other first-round questions in the room? Steve, did you have a second? Yeah, go ahead. Steve Croner here. Actually, on this side, if you had one, go ahead and we'll follow with Steve. Yeah, Coach, I guess this is for Jamari or Khalil. You got it. Do you guys consider BYU to be an NCAA tournament team? Be careful uh, what you say. I'm not answering. Honestly, at the end of the day, we're worried about us. We're worried about the Dons. Uh, we don't really care about anybody else, especially if it's an opponent that we have to play. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Just got to go out there, play our game, get the dub, play as a team, and do what we've been doing all year. So I don't really care if a team's an NCAA team or not. You're talking into what Todd said at the, at the outset. He said, you know, number of people in the media were making this out to be a, an elimination game or not. Whether that was true or not, in some respects, somebody believed that your entire season depended on this game. Did you guys have that attitude coming on this game that the season depended on? You got a big dog. <laughs> uh, I don't think we've seen it as an elimination game. I think we've seen it as another opponent in our way. I think uh, to get to the tournament, you got to win games. So this is another game we had to win. And I also think this game is a little personal for us. You know, like I said, we went into BYU and it got sideways and chippy and things were said. And coming into Vegas, it was just like we knew who our opponent was and we just wanted to get this. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Cougar Locker Room Show brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment. Brady Industries, honestly better. Learn more at BradyIndustries.com. Well, Mark Durant, we heard uh, the USF players and Coach Todd Golden talk a bit about that end-of-game situation that saw USF get a ball loose, recover a loose ball uh, with seconds remaining in a game they were going to win. And Jamari Bouye decided to drive down and dunk it. Uh, Trevin Nell, out of the corner of his eye, was providing some pressure, but... We also heard Coach Todd Golden say that he told Jamari to go down and dunk it. And so the dunk came at the very end. Again, it doesn't mean much in the end. BYU scored two on the other end after the technical free throw situation resulting from the the dunk. But uh, interesting, at least, that uh, USF felt that this was uh, something personal, in the words of Jamari Bouye, to make that dunk at the end of the game. I wasn't aware that there was, I mean, the, the argument was at the end of the Merritt Center game that, it was chippy. Things were said, and they, they took it personally. 
I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, obviously, if you beat a team, you, you have the prerogative to act however you want to act. I mean, really, and you can go dunk it if you want. Uh, I think it's you know, usually you'd see people a little bit more gracious in, uh, in that situation, but clearly there's some negative feelings there. I'm a little surprised with Coach Golden. As we, you, you know, I know we love him, and, and that was an interesting response, but he, I think he's just kind of backing up his guys and supporting his guys. And Anyway, I mean, it's neither here, here nor there. I'm a little bit surprised by it, and, uh, you know, we'll see how that translates for them in the future against a, a team like Gonzaga. If our crew back at BYU Radio can duck back into the USF press conference for just another moment, Todd Golden is at the podium still. A great game. You know, he had a run-out fast break. Uh, they were still competing, and we're going to – I have a lot of respect for Coach Pope and his program. I think he's a great coach. I love it. The guys on his staff, uh, whether it be Nick, Chris, or Cody, I think they do a really good job. It's no bad blood. It's two really good programs competing at an insanely high level and that are going to play all 40 minutes of the game. I think I would expect them to do something similar. And so not bad blood, just to give my one of my guys an opportunity to go put an exclamation mark on a huge win for our program, one that's probably, uh, you know, one of the biggest wins in the last 35 years because I think it secures our, our tournament bid. After one possible down note tonight was Yowen Masowski coming off the floor twice. How was his knee? Do you think he'll play Monday? Yeah, I think he banged knees. I think he's going to be day-to-day. Um, we'll, we'll talk to the trainers tonight and see how he's feeling. Uh, the good thing is, you know, if we need to rest him on Monday to get ready for the tournament, we'll rest him on Monday. You know, we, got, we, uh, we clinched tonight. It's the bottom line. Uh, Andy Katz just tweeted about it. Anybody asked, we had a 98.7% chance, according to Bart Torvik, of making the tournament before, before the game tonight at a, another quad one, well, probably quad two now because we beat them by 12 uh, win. So we're nine and seven in those games. We're going to be a top 25 net team, top 20 Kempom, top 35 and all the other metrics. I, I mean, this isn't a discussion about whether we're in the tournament. It's a discussion of whether we're wearing home jerseys or not in the first round. Coach uh, Todd Golden talking about both the end-of-game dunk and the Don situation in the NCAA tournament, and they are indeed a lock. We'll come back with the Cougar postgame coaches show. That'll include postgame press conference comments from the BYU players and Coach Mark Pope. This has been the Cougar Locker Room Show brought to you by Maersk. Maersk, an integrated container logistics company and member of the AP Moeller Group, connecting and simplifying trade to help our customers grow and thrive. With a dedicated team of over 80,000 operating in 130 countries, we go all the way to enable global trade for a growing world. Learn more at Maersk.com. Coverage from Las Vegas continues. San Francisco is a winner. 75-63 over BYU on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get the final word on today's game with head coach Mark Pope. It's the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economic Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at econpartners.com. Also by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, official credit union of BYU Athletics. Now let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Greg Grubel and Mark Durant with you for the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. BYU is an excellent rebounding team, one of the top defensive rebounding teams in college basketball. But in all three games against San Francisco this year, and USF, by the way, beats BYU tonight 75-63 in the WCC Tournament quarterfinals. In all three games against USF this year, BYU was 
out-rebounded. Out-rebounded by two, out-rebounded by eight, out-rebounded by four in the three games against the Dons this year. So what wasn't a trouble uh, in most games became an issue in games against USF this year. Out-rebounded all three. Uh, Coach Golden, as you know, is a real student of uh, analytics and things, and I you know, sure studied the last couple of games for BYU where they were so dominant on the boards and second-chance points in particular. He went with lineups that said maybe you get a rebound, but then you've got to shoot over trees, whether it's playing Misalski and Markovetsky together and Tapes is a, a shot blocker and – I mean, that made it really hard for BYU to have success in an area where they had been dominant. And then he combined that with the fact that BYU couldn't make three. And so you can't hit from outside, and you're not getting the second-chance points. It was going to be a tough night for BYU offensively. In the last five games, BYU had outscored its opponents in second-chance points by a 68-16 to margin. And tonight, USF outscored BYU in second-chance opportunities by a score of 6-4. to four. So what had been working for BYU did not work well tonight against USF. And, and Mark Ovetsky is an indication of that strategy you mentioned, Mark. He did not play in either game against BYU, had played two or fewer minutes in the last two games. And tonight, he plays more than 15 minutes and picks up four rebounds all on the defensive end against BYU. The Dons have the luxury of being able to play a bunch of big guys I thought Foose played well tonight, but you know, he typically can dominate games where he's not not you know seven footers and things like that. And it was just tougher tonight because of the, the size inside for the Don. We'll head down to the BYU press conference next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. USF 75, BYU 63, our final in the WCC quarterfinals. Coach Mark Pope and player Spencer Johnson at the press conference podium. Spencer taking some questions from the media. Let's join in. Spence, kind of a similar question uh, just regarding the tournament, but in terms of tonight, because you played in the NCAA tournament, you played at the highest level, multiple levels of games did that feel like two tournament teams out there like a game between two NCAA tournament teams that you guys were kind of contesting yeah I mean credit to them like they played really well and um you know we, we played UCLA last year obviously you know you saw the run that they made so um playing against high level teams is, is always a battle and um they came out and um they hit some shots and um it just didn't go our way tonight, but, you know, I, I totally think that um, we were a tournament team and we have the guys and, you know, we have the resume and I'm really just super proud of, of uh, the guys and how they competed and, you know, we'll, we'll bounce back. We always, we always do and we always will. Okay, anybody else in the room for Spencer? Uh, so you guys were down one, I think, after the first possession of the second half and later only down four, I believe, like 11 and a half minutes to go. What kind of happened after after that stretch where I think they went on like an 11-0 run? Like just defensively, what was kind of going on there? Um, I think we gave them some easy buckets in transition. I kind of got them going. Um, and, you know, it, it was nothing huge, but um, just some rebounds that, you know, we we didn't come up with or didn't bounce our way. And. Um, they just kind of got some life and, and ran with it. 
Okay, we'll move over to Zoom. If you have a question for Spencer on Zoom, please raise your hand. We'll start with Jeff Ferrato. Hey, Spencer. I wonder what you thought of the uh, the impact on the game uh, that the two USF guards, Bouye and Shabazz, had. Um, everything is ran through them. So, you know, big impact. They made shots. They made a lot of tough shots. Um, and... So, I mean, you know, they were good tonight and yeah. Thank you. Okay, anybody either on Zoom or in the room with the final question for Spencer? Okay, Spencer, you're good to go. We'll go ahead and take questions from the room for Coach Pope. Coach, I'll ask you the same uh, question I asked Spencer at the top. Um, um, how much are you looking forward to possibly getting an NCAA bid? And if it's NIT, you know, are you thinking you're going to go because of the competitiveness of the group? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're excited to keep playing. I think it's a special group. I think it's um, guys that are really together. Um, I think it's guys that still have really good basketball in front of them. And um, so, you know, we'll be hopeful. Um, you know, the, the goal all season long is to find some way to get in the sense of a tournament. And, um, you know, it, it'll be fun when, when people start breaking down the numbers to see where we fit. But um, it's a good team and um, we, we have a chance to win more games. And so uh, we'll be really hopeful. I mean, we're squarely on the bubble and we'll, we'll see how it works. But we'll be hopeful now. That's all we can do right now is hope. Mark, Mark, can you maybe describe what that post-game locker room was like with, with your guys right now? Because I know there was just so much pursuit to get this opportunity. Yeah, uh, incredibly competitive guys, um, guys that put their whole heart and soul into this, and um, guys that played with a great edge uh, for the last three weeks, um, trying to, uh, you know, resurrect, you know, themselves after, after taking some hits and, did an unbelievable job fighting back. And when you invest that much, it's, it's hard to lose. It's hard to lose. And so they um, understood the opportunity they had in front of them tonight and, um, and put everything they had into it. You know, it's, it's um, you know, probably very few people know what that's like to, um, to put your whole heart and soul into something, holding nothing back, uh, in a really vulnerable situation and come up short sometimes and, and uh, it hurts and there's a lot of hurt in the locker room and uh, and uh, it, the reason the guys hurt is because they care so much and they're trying so hard. Coach, you said kind of all you can do is hope right now. Is there any talk or something where you might look to, to try to add a game next week? I don't want to get you in trouble with an answer or anything, but yeah. I'm just curious. We're not allowed to, unfortunately. Okay. It's... Um, it's, a, it's against the rules to, to play a regular season game after a conference tournament. Uh, you know, um, so I'm not sure if there's a workaround there. I actually didn't know that rule until last week. We, we actually were pursuing some options, and then uh, we had one team say, hey, we can't do it this week. We do it the following week, and, and we found out that that was not legal. So um, that's what we would. 
Okay, anybody else with the first question in the room? We'll go ahead and uh, give Zoom an opportunity. Again, raise your hand on Zoom and we'll call upon you. And we will start with Jeff Ferrato. Coach, uh, this is a little bit off the main topic of the game, but the big kid for USF, Mark Ovetsky, family's from Ukraine. His father's over there still. You possibly have heard about it. I wonder if you had any thoughts on what it must be like for a young man to be going through that when his family is so far away. Yeah, you know, we, um, you know, I'm far from a political scientist, but, but um, you know, we use words all the time like fight and battle and, um, and um, you know, we get to do it in the safe confines of a court with referees and, and fans and, um, you know, from a distance. Uh, what these people in Ukraine are going through is, is, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's sobering and terrifying to say the least. And, um, it's also incredibly inspiring. Um, the weirdness of the world right now is that we get to watch people in real time, um, make commitments like life and death commitments to fight for their country. Um, so I just can't imagine how sobering that is. And, and um, you know, I don't know him or his family, but certainly our prayers are with him because what's going on right now is, is, is really, really real. Thank you, Mark. Well, okay, any final questions for Coach, either in the room or on Zoom? Coach, what were your uh, thoughts on uh, the way San Francisco ended the game with the Bowie dunk? Coach Golden said that he wanted his player to uh, get put an exclamation mark on a big one. What, what were your thoughts on on how that concluded? Yeah, it doesn't. You know, I mean, listen, two teams are playing as hard as they can, and and um, they won, and so you know, I don't really don't have any comment. On it. I mean. If, if we, if we, you know, if we don't want that to happen, we should win the game. So we got to play well enough, tough enough to win. And our guys did play tough enough. We just didn't quite play well enough. And, and um, so. Mark, if you had to make a case for your team based on what they accomplished this season for getting into the tournament, what would you say? Well, we played a top 30 toughest schedule in the country. And um I think there's four teams ranked ahead of us that have played a harder schedule uh, in the non-conference. Um, and, and so that matters or it doesn't, you know? Um, that takes a toll also on a team. So that would be my first thing is, you know, are, are we encouraging teams to go out and play the hardest schedule they possibly can in the non-conference? Are we encouraging teams to, to pad their, their you know, to go play a light non-conference schedule. That's, that's a question I would ask. Um, you know, th that's a pretty significant number if you think about it, right? I, th I don't know, we are 45 or 50, depending on what happens tonight. But um, you think about that, there's, there's 49 teams ahead of us that are ranked ahead of us, and only three have played a harder non-conference schedule. I think that's significant. And, um, and so... These guys have battled since day one. Uh, 
you know, we took on every uh, NCAA tournament team that we could possibly find. We took on every conference champion that we could possibly find. And these guys actually put together a unbelievable run of, of success against great teams. You know, with that said, we stumbled a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit as a result of the difficulty of the schedule. Um, but, you know, it's a good team. Uh, we have we have uh, star players and we have young guys that are exciting and we have, um, you know, um, we've had really big, significant wins. So uh, we're hopeful. We'll see. Okay, any final questions in the room? Um, after after a tournament run like this, like how how much kind of like self reflection do you do, kind of um, as a as a coach, as a program, or as a staff, in terms of what could have gone right, what we could have. I mean, like if, if there's any to do right now. Yeah, we do that uh, every second of every day, and um, you know it's it's you know it's part of what we believe in is trying to find a way to get better every day, and um, you know right now. Unfortunately for us, for the next, you know, eight days, um, we don't have anything to do but that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, lift up our guys. Um, we'll uh, reestablish our locker room. Um, you know, we'll, we'll infuse all the hope that's required to, to, um, to, to move on to postseason play um, and, and um, continue to analyze ways that we think we can get better. Um, you know, there's some things that uh, we didn't do as well tonight as we have in the last few weeks. Uh, some some point of attack things that were a little bit surprising to me that we didn't manage as well as we have. Uh, we we need to find some answers. Seems like that. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel like we we you know just you know we were three for twenty from the three point line, and part of that is because we just more consistently we got to find ways to earn each other's shots and, and against you know their aggressive nature we've had great success the last couple of weeks um playing in a similar situation we just our decision making was just a little bit different tonight and um i gotta find a way to help our team function better but yes to answer your question it started and we'll go on endlessly here coach oh Building up on, on that, I guess, uh, maybe what becomes maybe the schedule for the next eight days? Is it still, you know, the intensity, pra intense practice like you guys have always had? Or how do you kind of navigate the, the next week and a half? Before well, we'll, um, we'll, you know, we got guys that are super banged up like everybody. So we'll try and use this, uh, you know, probably early in the week is going to be um, just uh, – emotional uh, recovery and um, lifting guys up, uh, trying to uh, find some answers uh, mentally and schematically um, and keep, you know, try and help bodies get as healthy as they can and fresh as they can. And then uh, probably later in the week, we'll, we'll, we'll ratchet it up and, and uh, start getting after hard and, and kind of get back to the edge and the, the competitiveness of the situation. We'll go back to Jeff Frado on Zoom. Has another question. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, Mark. Thanks for taking this time with us. We appreciate it. Um, I wondered if you could just comment on the play of uh, Bouye and Shabazz tonight, and how they impacted the game. Yeah, they're terrific players. Um, they, uh, you know, they're they're dangerous. Uh, they're both three level guys. Um, they complement each other really well. 
Um, uh, you know, they, they're, they're also a force on the defensive end. And they're a really disruptive force on the defensive end, the two of them in different ways. And um, they're protected by this uh, monstrosic wall of, of humanity that they have in their front line. And so uh, I think they're, I think they're terrific players and, um, uh, you know, I think they've had a really good run. Coach, what can you speak to the leadership of the seniors on the team today? They um, kind of went through some foul trouble early on, but you can tell that they had the fight from beginning to end. Yeah, you know, listen, I mean, in, as, as a coach in athletics, um, you always grade effort, and, and, and that's the first thing you grade. And, um, you know, we, we, had, we, we, had a, we had a twofold kind of focus the last three weeks, which we talked about a lot, which was finding an edge defensively, having an edge defensively, and then, and then you know, making plays for our teammates. And I thought our edge was terrific tonight. Uh, you know, we, we ran into some unfortunate situations. You know, we were fighting so hard on the glass a couple times. We had uh, bodies fl fly to the ground, uh, chasing offensive rebounds. And so – we just fought number of situations in transition. Uh, you know, we gave up 18 points in transition, which is too much is, is a key to the game, but it wasn't a lack of effort. It was just, it was just sometimes misguided a little bit. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just part of the game, right? Um, in terms of their leadership, you know, for them to come compete like they have, uh, you know, and, and lead this team the way they have through, through kind of all the adversity this group has faced all year is incredible. It's unbelievable. And, um, you know, the, the, the effort doesn't get you wins all the time. It does a lot. Um, but when you think about these two guys as human beings and young men, like they're winners, man. Like it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, what they do in the next few weeks of basketball and what they do with the rest of their lives inside basketball and outside of basketball, because they're winners and they've grown into winners and they got winners in their DNA. And, um, you know, you know, it's hard to look past the, the wins and losses and we shouldn't because we're in the business of winning games, but um but all of that is just a construct at the end of the day, like behind the curtains, all of it is just a construct to grow extraordinary young people. And these two guys, Tijan and Alex are the epitome of, of great human beings. And um, so their leadership is off the charts. Okay, coach, we appreciate your time. Right, Thank you. Thanks. All right, that is Coach Mark Pope. We will come back with our show-closing segment as we continue from courtside here at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, uh, closing segment of the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. We hope to have Mark Pope joining us here momentarily. Time for our valuable stat of the game brought to you by Economics Partners. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs a valuation, the right partner is Economics Partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. 
BYU.com. We're going to take a look at uh, Fusine Traore with another double-double for BYU tonight. Uh, it was valuable for the Cougs. 16 points and 12 rebounds. So that's now Fusu's ninth freshman double-double, which puts him or keeps him in solo second place to Sean Bradley in freshman double-doubles. Sean had 10 double-doubles, and Foose is now sitting at 9. That's solo second among BYU freshmen all-time. If the Cougars get to play at least one more game, which we hope that is indeed the case, uh, Foose will have a chance to uh, to tie Sean Bradley for freshman double-doubles. And if BYU were to move ahead and maybe play multiple games, it could be that Fusene Torreri stands alone at the end of the season in the freshman double-doubles in the history of BYU basketball. It was also Fuse's 11th double-figure rebound game of this year, and that stands him solo second as well behind Mark Handy. It goes Mark Handy, then Fuse, and then Yoli Childs for top three in the most uh, 10 rebound games. Fuse's double-digit rebound game tonight was his 11th of his freshman year. So that's the valuable stat or valuable stats of the game relative to Foose, courtesy of Economics Partners. BYU falls to USF tonight. Final score is 75-63. A lot of conversation, uh, Mark, in the postgame press conference that we heard about uh, whether BYU, even with the loss to USF, has done enough for NCAA tournament consideration. And uh, there was an optimistic tone, at least uh, outwardly, from Coach Pope, that if you look at the body of work, which includes a difficult non-conference schedule, that uh, BYU should still be in the mix. But the the belief going into tonight was, and I think it was a well-stated belief, that BYU kind of needed to win to get in, and that did not happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, realistically speaking, it's it's going to be the NIT for BYU, and uh, that's a disappointment. Obviously, a bunch of this year it looked like the NCAA tournament. I'd be shocked if BYU got in. I'd love it. But it's just can't see it happening from my perspective and so then what do you do well you play in the NIT I mean uh, you got to understand what a special thing it is to lace it up and go put on a jersey and and play basketball and so whether it's the NCAA tournament which was your goal or the NIT it's a chance to play basketball go out and play your best and and do the best you can and and savor that because one day you're going to be 50 like me and you're these are special times, and, and every game, every moment should be cherished. And whether it's where you want to be or, or maybe not as much as where you want to be, it's a great chance to play basketball, college basketball. So go out and play well. Do your best, whatever situation is presented before BYU. NIT, uh, the, the endless or, or the perennial discussion when you get to that tournament is you know which team is more excited to be there and that often influences matchups and who advances in that tournament uh, what do you think about the ability of this BYU team to if it doesn't make the NCAAs uh, get ramped up and fired up to uh, to play in the uh, the secondary tournament yeah in recent memory we've seen uh, teams that you know d- did want to be there and did want to play and played well and got to the New York City for the finals uh, uh, the the the, the four teams getting to New York, that was pretty cool. We enjoyed that. That was a unique experience. And then we've seen where teams uh, clearly were upset about that they didn't make the tournament and, and laid an egg at home. Uh, and, and so, I mean, it'll, it'll show a little bit about the makeup of this team. From what I can see, it's a team that, you know, is strong mentally and want to play and will play for each other and, and will want to be there regardless of, you know, what your original goals were. Now you've got a new goal. You've got a new opportunity. Go out and make the best of it. 
Alex Barcelo, uh, Tijon Lucas, uh, seniors leading this team, get a chance to play some more basketball. Uh, Tijon, you know, and AB may not get exactly what they wanted, but they have a chance to still put a really nice final stamp on things. Yeah, why not finish well? I mean, why not see it through to the end? Yeah, it didn't work out exactly how you thought, but you made a commitment here, and you sacrificed a lot to be here, so why not at least put a, a, a positive strong finish on what you came to do. BYU head coach Mark Pope joining us courtside for a moment or two before we wrap things up here in Las Vegas. Coach Pope, we heard uh, the majority of your, your post-game press conference. We know what the discussion points will be here in the uh, in the week to come, but maybe just a brief reflection uh, on what your guys gave you here in the closing weeks of this season, including winning five of seven to get to this point. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, you... you um I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to coach these guys. And, um, you know, it hasn't been easy. This has not been a, a just a, a, you know, an easy road for us. But, but these guys just keep raising up and keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And they did tonight. I mean, they put their whole heart and soul on the court. And we just, um, we just weren't quite – we just couldn't execute well enough. Our decision-making wasn't quite good enough. Um, we just were searching – for physicality and answers, we just we just couldn't quite get there, and that happens sometimes. But this group is special, man, and um, I'm grateful to be be around them and be a part of them. And we're we're certainly uh, just so hopeful that we get another chance at this. Um, I think these guys have earned it for a number of different reasons, and so that's all we got now for the next eight days is just hoping. Another great performance from uh, Fusini continues to develop. I mean, we. You have tough nights. You look at positives, and uh, you just have to be pleased with uh, the effort, maybe. And, and Fusini's uh, effort tonight was tr tremendous. Yeah, he. Um, you know, we had a bunch of guys. You know, I thought Caleb Loner was was a force on the glass. I thought he was tremendous. Obviously, uh, Foos was unbelievable on the glass, um, uh, and and just managed things down low against. Uh, you know, I mean, you think about that's a, that's a lot. What, what Foos was looking at, just the size he's looking at, and I thought he was unbelievable. His poise and patience. You know, uh, at our home game against San Francisco, we, we, we went to the post a couple times with him, and both of them got tipped away. And uh, against, you know, playing against Masalski, who's a, you know, a, a, a fifth-year senior, uh, one of the great, uh, you know, rim protectors and post defenders in our league. And, um, and it was unbelievable to see Foos make the adjustment uh, facing up and, and being aggressive and be a little more forceful and being able to come up with plays. Um, I thought he was terrific again tonight and um, just, you know, at the end of the day, we just, we just weren't quite, we just didn't function quite well enough to win. All right, uh, body of work will be uh, an argument in BYU's favor uh, in the next week. Uh, bid stealers are an annual occurrence. What do you think your chances are of, of making the NCAA tournament right now? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously we're squarely on the bubble. You know, I think, I, I don't know what the numbers will be tonight. I think when you look at the top 30 brackets, we were in 22 of 30 of them. I don't know where that's been. I think that's old information from a few days ago, but um, I think what we're hoping is that, um, you know, that the things that we care about will be taken in consideration by the selection committee and the, and that we can find a way to sneak in this deal. All right, NCAA tournament's the goal. NIT is the uh, the secondary tournament. And should that come your way, there's no question that this team has more basketball to play, right? I still I still believe we're getting better. I do. You know, I, 
listen, this wasn't our best performance last tonight. It, it, you know, it just wasn't our best performance. But, you know, I think our trajectory is still fresh and good and, and real. And, and um, so that's why we're hoping to get a chance to, to keep playing. And um, I, think, I think we still have more great basketball in us. And, and uh, let's hope we get a chance to show it. Great support for your fans down here uh, in Vegas this weekend as well. You felt that, I know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Coach, thank you. We'll see you back in okay, town. Thanks, Coach. guys. All right, that's Mark Pope, and that will do it for tonight's broadcast as BYU falls in the quarterfinals of the WCC Tournament 75-63 to San Francisco. Our thanks to the crew back at BYU Radio, our control board operators, Corbin Radford and Logan Gardner, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our studio host, Jason Shepard, our engineers, Barry Squires, and Sean Fay. And for the crew courtside, which tonight is Mark Pope joining us for a few moments just now. Uh, Todd Golden and Mark Pope, uh, part of our pregame conversation. And uh, Mark, that just leaves the two guys on the headset to say goodnight and so long tonight. Uh, it's tough. I mean, you come to tournaments to win them, and, and only one team does. BYU bowed out a little earlier than we'd hoped for and had a great opportunity, and that fell short. Now you look for whatever other opportunities you, you have and try and make the best of those. So we'll see what those opportunities are. And then you go out and try and make the best of it. I like this team. I like these guys. I want to see them finish in whatever capacity. I want them to see them finish on a positive note. He is Mark Durant. My name is Greg Grubel. Thank you for tuning in for one final time from Las Vegas. This has been BYU Basketball. Final score, USF 75 and BYU 63. We hope to speak to you again in the postseason. We'll find out exactly what that means in eight days. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Las Vegas, Nevada. Coverage of BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at econpartners.com. BYU Basketball is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director for Corporate Sponsorship Casey Stoffer. BYU Basketball is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.